Hey, Top Fans, Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. Uh, another episode, another couple people that are coming back. Two friends of mine become friends and owner of uh, co-owners of a company um, called Quick Fit. So Chris is back in the clubhouse. Chris, how you doing? Very good, Bill. How's it going? Thanks for having me again. You bet. And Sarah's back in the clubhouse. She's kind of become a fan favorite by every uh, episode that we drop people are listening to. Sarah, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. Back-to-back nights recording with you. Hey, listen, we love having you. And uh, when we drop this too, we'll make sure that we mention how people can go um, to your company. I've actually, top fans, if you haven't been to QuickFit or QuickFitApp.com, uh, I believe it is, um, I've ordered a hoodie from there. I've ordered a hat from there and they are awesome. Right now I'm not going to use the hoodie for a couple months because today it was 95 degrees outside in April. So, um, it may be a, a week or two before I use the hoodie, but it is super comfortable and the hat is awesome. It's sitting in my office. So, um, we'll and on top of Chris's head. What's that? That's on right Chris's head. Oh yeah. It's, and that's on Chris's head. There you go. So, so we'll get you some information, top fans on how to get to them. Great stuff, uh, great product, great product line. So we'll get there. But now we're going to talk some baseball. We're going to do this a little different. And I, I've i talked to Sarah and Chris offline um, when we did the last uh, Braves-Mets podcast where they both were guests. And we talked about emotions and things like bat flips, pitchers' emotions, just emotions of the game. And we all kind of feel like, yeah, giddy up, we should be talking about this. So tonight we're going to talk about emotions. So... I'm going to, I'm going to lead it off bad flips, Sarah thoughts, then yes. Chris. <laughs> Just yes. Emotional around. That makes it fun. Sorry. Bogey wants to be apparently making an appearance tonight. Um, the end of the day, like sports need a little bit of drama because it that's with baseball, like everything all about the pitching and the home run. So if we get something else going on, I think you'll have a lot more fan reaction and people actually watching the games. Great. Great. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, uh, personally, uh, especially with the bat flip, I mean, all emotions are definitely in my favor. I, I, I love it. It entertains me more, entertains all my friends more. Uh, bat flips especially, I think, when you got a pitcher throwing heat and you can knock, in, knock it out, you know, a million miles an hour, 105 miles an hour leaving, and you want to stare back the pitcher and give a bat flip, I mean, by all means. I mean, we're out here to compete, I think. Some of the old the old timers don't like it. I know they say, well, back in the day, the next time up, he would get beamed. Well, what says you can't do that still if it bothers you that much? That's my thought, right? What's to say that you can't still do it? It's okay, right? It's exactly. okay. I mean, so. I think especially a lot of the, you know, baseball you hear all the time, they're trying to get it more popular. Well, the younger generation likes seeing that kind of, you know, I think it's so sportsmanship, but it's not over the top. I don't like over the top stuff, but, you know, a bad flip. I mean, people in Little League start imitating that. And that gets, you know, new fans. They start to like that kind of drama. And it brings more attention to the sport, which is needed. Use football as an example. Touchdown dances are literally a thing. And, like, players practice their touchdown dances. It's in Madden, the dances. It's becoming a thing. So do the same exact thing with baseball. Look at hockey, same exact thing. People want a fight. Fans get angry when the NHL doesn't allow the players to fight. We need something. We're a very angry country. It's uh, it's true. We do need something. And 
and it's <laughs> as soon as you said football dance, I was thinking of the new commercial with uh, Icky Woods, right, where he's buying cold cuts and he's slamming them down and doing a dance. It's yeah, perfect. <laughs> the um, I like the emotions too, but like you said, Chris, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a backflip, okay, do the backflip, totally okay. If somebody wants to get upset and throw at you, that's fine too, right? That's fine too. One of my favorite memories about showing emotion was um, Dodgers, Phillies. I want to say it was 2008 um, playoffs. And Manny Ramirez got hit. And it didn't look intentional, but it was it was a divisional series and didn't look intentional. Manny gets hit. So Shane Victorino is the first up next at bat, next inning. And they throw, Kuroda throws above his head. And I love how Shane Victorino handled it. He just says, throw up my side. Don't throw up my head. Throw up my side. It's okay. I knew it was coming. Just throw up my throw up my side. Don't throw up my head. So I don't want anybody to get hurt. But, hey, if you're going to show emotion, show emotion, right? Um, Chris, you had mentioned a bat flip before we started recording um, that you enjoyed. It. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, th this is a topic that uh, that uh, I really enjoy, so I appreciate you having me on for this one. So, I mean, I can go on forever about this stuff, but I remember twenty, around, I think around 2015, uh, maybe a year prior, a year after, something like that, Jose Batista in the playoffs hit, I think, a go-ahead three-run homer or something like that, and just completely, and he's got the big wad of chewing tobacco in his mouth, and just smacks it, looks right back at the pitcher, and then just does the bat flip, and he became, you know, the villain, but I loved him for that. Like, that was like, it was just, that's a huge game on the biggest stage. Like your adrenaline's up. You just put your team ahead late in the game on a, you know, to go in the playoffs. Like to me, if any time you should be showing emotion is that in that stage. So everyone hated him for that, but I loved it. Yeah. Did you, uh, Sarah, what, you know, emotion is good, but have you, do you have an, an emotion play that you thought or saw and like, that's pretty awesome. I feel like I feel the way about every time something happens. So nothing like not one really stands out. I think the biggest like annoyance I have with baseball is like, it's a little too friendly. Like it's a little too nice. So if someone actually shows anything, I'm going to be into it. Keep in mind, like, we all know I love baseball, but hockey is my number one love. I chose a sport where you get excited for beating someone up. <laughs> like, that's just how it is. So, at the end of the day, like, again, show emotion and, like, and you can use your words, too. Like, I love, like, the, the slap talk between, like, innings. Like, when they're, like, walking past each other, you know they're saying stuff. Say it loudly for us to hear. Like, yeah. we'd all really appreciate that. Or mic them up. I would love that. <laughs> You'd be a disclaimer in front of a baseball game. This is rated R. We've got 17 I mean, people mic'd up. If they yeah. can mute Chris Rock, I'm sure they can mute a pitcher, like, getting pissed off. Exactly. And, and, I mean, just to build off that right there about, you know, baseball being too friendly, I think, you know, you listen to analyst talk or, you know, radio hosts, um, sports talk shows, uh, a lot of people who call in say, you know, it's Americans, it's America's pastime. Like it shouldn't be changed, right? Like it should be, you know, hold respect and be respectable, this and that, but it's already being changed. You know what I mean? Like the collision home plate is gone. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
those big slides that you can actually go out of your way and take somebody out at second base to break up a double play. Those, those big hits and collisions that, you know, hockey is known for, and especially, of course, football is known for, baseball took those out. So you have to kind of compensate with some kind of, you know, reaction and some kind of added drama and stress. And I think, you know, to take out the slide is, you know, let them backflip, let's see some emotion. Well, see, we were all athletes growing up. And when you prepare for a game, you prepare for a game. And there's a little bit of emotion to it. I mean, I, I can remember very, uh, very vividly, I was probably 15 years old. And I was playing in a game and an umpire was squeezing my strike zone. And I told him what he could kiss um, very loudly. And I got tossed out of the game. I actually charged him. My dad came out of the dugout and tackled me halfway to the umpire and literally lifted me off the field as I was telling this guy where he can go and where he could stick it. And <laughs> kind of so, a shame that there weren't smartphones back then. Cause I would love to see that. Yeah. Different time, different bill, different time. Yeah. And so you get in the car and, and I had just laid into this guy, every F bomb that you could think everything I'm 15 years old. And this, we were playing a team from Utah and we were playing in Utah. So they're a Mormon. Yeah. So, so they were, they were not all that impressed with a 15 year old kid charging. Literally guys, I dropped my glove and I ran towards this umpire after about four innings. Right. And I get in the car, my dad looks at me and I figured I'm going to be grounded for life. Right. And I look at my dad and he goes, well, at least you know how to show emotion. That's it. That's I'm not in trouble. That's it. It's like, yeah, you're not in trouble. You're good. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, it definitely, I know like we had talk on prior podcasts, like those players who love the game and don't just chase the paycheck. When I'm watching, especially my team, the Mets, when I see people make a big play, and they're all pumped up and you see them, you know, be like, heck yeah. Or like some kind of, and they're, they're high-fiving their teammates. Like, I love that. So that's like in the moment, not scripted. So the, you know, the same thing with the, the bad flip, that's not scripted. Or I love uh, Diaz when he's closing out the game and he gets a strike three, like he's flexing on the mound, screaming, like he's pumped. Like I, I love that in professional sports because it's a game and these guys are competitors. Yeah. Also, I don't like, mind. Keep ahead, in sir. mind when you go to, when you go to a game, you really can't see it on TV. The stadium has like a separate type of celebration for every little achievement. Why can't the players be as happy as the fans? Like, when did that become a rule? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I and I remember, you know, watching Bo Jackson play live and him breaking his bat over his helmet or over his knee when he strikes out. Mike Trout makes all these diving catches and he pumps his chest and Everybody thinks Mike Trout is, you know, All-American. He is, but it's okay to show emotion. You're playing at – we get the advantage of being able to talk about it. We don't have 75,000 people watching our every move for nine innings, right? And so there's a lot of stress and a lot of emotion that comes with that. I think emotion is a great part of the game. It just has to go two ways. Right. It just has to go two ways. I, if you're going to let a batter show emotion, you got to let a pitcher or a fielder show emotion. Right. Yeah. Everyone on the everyone on the field. And I mean, let's be real. Why do they have press conferences with the players? It's because people want to see how the players respond. Like they want to see that the player behind the position he plays. Right. They want to see the emotion from the player. You know, what I mean, like literally 
They're every daily. They're interviewing the starting pitcher, the guys who made the big hits. Fans want to see what the player has to say and what his feelings are. So to want it to be gone on the field just makes no sense. Yeah. And one of the things that I – and tell me if you dislike this or not, both of you, I, I'd be interested. I really dislike the replay because it takes that emotion of the manager running out there and arguing. You know, how many times have you cheered when the manager gets out there and throws dirt at the umpire or whatever? Now they just do a replay on it, and you're like, oh, he was out anyways. All right, well, I'm still going to run out there and steal the base, right? Bobby v. You know, yeah. I was, <laughs> so Bobby V's out here in Anaheim. So he's doing yeah. the MLB broadcast right now. And as soon as I see him, what did, what do I think of with Bobby V? I think well, of the day I, that I he, remember I remember him yeah. just always getting kicked out of games, screaming at umpires. That... So he got kicked out of a game and then he went back into the dugout with the mustache, right? In the glasses, <laughs> like the 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 disguise. And I'm telling my wife about that. I started laughing because I just randomly thought about it. I'm telling my wife about it, and she just starts laughing. She's like, That's what you think of when you see this guy? And I'm like, that's yes. Yeah, but what uh, do you I think? Was, of, I was, Sarah, what do you think about the replay? I mean, I mean, I guess I don't have a strong opinion of it, but I, every time they show it, you end up missing something else. So it's just kind of like a waste to me. <laughs> See, in hockey and football, it makes sense, right? A goal is a goal in hockey. But well, it's really not hard all to, the time. Yeah, it's not not all the time. Because okay. if the net's dislodged or if the puck really didn't cross through or was poked by another, I could go on for hours about that build. That's a totally different sport. That's that's probably true. Um, and uh, but yeah, sorry, but I got I got the Mets in the background scoring another run, so I had a fist pump. <laughs> fist pump, you. Um, but in football, same thing. And so, but in baseball, I don't know that it has. It takes away some of the emotion, right? I mean, how many times do you see, like you said, Bobby V. How many times do you see Communist Order out here in L.A.? That guy, you know, or Billy Martin. If he had instant replay when Billy Martin existed, you wouldn't see him kicking dirt at the umpires. Yeah, that, that one's tough for me just because I am someone who believes, like, you want the right call being called on the field. So if replay gets the right call, I, I – I'm kind of okay with losing the manager yelling, even though I love it. But like, I'd rather get the guy out at home plate than see my manager get kicked out for arguing about it. You know. What well, I, mean? I think if it's in my favor, then I'm fine with it. I think that's like <laughs> well, the key thing. Like, if it's in the Mets' favor, I'm totally okay with the replay. If it's going to affect us in a negative way, I think they should totally scrap it. It's a waste <laughs> of time. Don't even look at it. That was just a clarification. Perfect. Perfect. Sarah, Sarah brings the, the, the way to make it happen, right? Awesome. The, but see here's, the thing, see, here's the thing about the umpire, though, too, right? Is, I mean, now all I do is argue balls and strikes. But your team's struggling. So we've had some lean years with the Dodgers. You guys have had some lean years with Mets, right? Let's think about this for a second. If all your manager can do is argue a ball or strike, right? Not as much fun as being able to get out there if your team's struggling, getting out there and throwing something around and getting your team pumped up, right? Well, that's sort of like their responsibility in my eyes because, honestly, baseball is the only sport where you don't have a player that is responsible for changing the dynamic of the game. I mean, Bill, your new favorite word is an enforcer. In hockey, you have a player that's job 
is to start a fight when you're losing in football. You can kind of just punch someone in the face, let them looking and it's totally allowed, but there's no one on the team that is allowed to change the rhythm of the game. That's allowed to do anything or cause a disturbance. Well, the, the pitchers hit the players intentionally. That's like, that's an enforcer role. Okay. Well that's, that would to me be more like on the showing of emotion. Cause like technically you're not supposed to actually do that. It's not actually expected to do it on purpose. It's supposed to no, look yeah, like an accident. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to do it on purpose. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, but like, so, you're not supposed to do it on purpose. Yes, you are. <laughs> according to the rules, you're not supposed to do it on purpose. According, according to the rules. Yeah. But so, so, so this, look at it this way. Pete Alonzo comes up, right. And he, um, he comes up first and second and he hits a double and he shows a little bit of emotion. The pitcher's a little pissed off. The next time he comes up, he hits him. Right. So what's going to happen next. Right. So whoever's pitching for the, you know, whoever's pitching for the Mets knows that one of their better players is going to get hit. Everybody in the stadium knows it. They just need to know who they're going to pick to drill. Right. right? It, right. it brings that like, anxiety in that like just of when it's going to happen you know who's going to happen like i mean i think you brought this up last podcast too synagogue throws behind uh Chase Utley, Utley. right Chase Utley. Yeah. yeah and that was after he broke the hottest leg in the in the playoffs so like everyone knew it was coming like you know so he's going to get hit and the course it goes behind him but by the way uh, that was one of my favorite mock or mic'd up uh ejections terry collins oh my gosh that was awesome that was awesome you imagine if every player was always mic'd up that could be that could be dangerous be so for a lot great. of reasons. Maybe yeah. so great, but yeah, but that realistically though, I I I think even more so. I think a pitcher is definitely uh, plays that enforcer role because you know, let's say you know a guy is having you know two for two or three for three, you know, and they're going around and this guy's crowding the plate. The pitcher will throw that ninety nine heat right inside to back him off the plate, like. You're not going to have this. You're not going to be comfortable in the box now. I'm going to move your feet around. I'm going to get you uncomfortable. You're going to be off your back foot. Like I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Exactly right. Exactly right. And but the other person that plays a large role into it too, and it's interesting. I and I'm it, I'm getting driven nuts with this new electronic wristband that everybody has, where like the they the pitcher has a thing. So all the catcher does is press this wristband thing what pitch to throw and it goes into the inside the cap of the the pitcher curveball slider fastball okay what right but anyways oh and by the way the center fielder has one and the shortstop has it so they know where to play but i, mean, I just heard that today for the first time there because mccann not all teams use it but a lot of them are like you said and that was the first time i heard it just tonight they were saying how mccann was calling it with the wristband i didn't know it was digital and yeah. he, he said he can call he can call a pickoff play to first through that too. Yes, yes. And so each one is is programmed differently. But in the inside of the hat, inside right by the bill, is a little microphone that goes in the pitcher's hat. And the center fielder and the shortstop, you're allowed to have two people or three people, I think, um, have them as well, so they know how to play defensively. So, and I also saw Lindor. He took off his hat. He was looking at it. He was yep, looking. That's at exactly what he was doing. I said exactly what he was doing. And it's, Super and it is absolutely nuts. You're taking the, you're taking the emotion where, as we're talking about emotions, you're taking the emotion and you're taking the human factor out of it. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. 
it just that just feels like really like a lot of extra work. <laughs> Fair. It, but it is. So the other thing is too, is um, guys are getting hurt. So some teams aren't using it because guys are getting hurt. So typically the short stuff. Distracted the, the entire time. Right. And right. like, just what if it like breaks or like freak, well, buzzes out and electrocutes their head? Just like, I'm just like thinking out loud here. I don't understand why you need that. They've been playing baseball for years without it. I don't think it's going to make the game any better. Again, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to be getting electrocuted. If they can figure out your cell phone not electrocuting in you in your pocket. See, this, but, is a, this is a prime example of Chris trying to like be like very logical and prove me wrong when I'm just simply saying it seems stupid and unnecessary. Well, uh, let's see. Back to the emotional side of baseball. <laughs> the, no, it's what... I'm again, I am down to the nitty gritty on when it comes to baseball, purest stuff, still stick the fingers down, change your signs up, whatever. Forget the electronics, right? Like you say, Sarah, it's a little bit too much work. Literally imagine if it goes wrong or something like that, or all of a sudden it batteries out and you feel a little buzz in your head or something for, it's just weird. It actually tells you to the wrong thing. That's, that's how players are getting hurt. Is it's communicating the wrong information, right? And you imagine Chris being the catcher and you press the, the curveball, right? And you set up for the curveball. Sorry, you, get... you just laid up 12 jokes that I am politely not responding to. And then you get the fastball, right? You're like, what the heck just happened? Oh, I pressed yeah. the wrong button. Sorry, coach. But I thought it was supposed to be a five. See, that that's like in my opinion, I I don't I don't mind that. I feel like it's coming, like electronics like that, like because number one. A player can misread the signs that the catcher is giving with his fingers. That's why they're running out to the mound. Like, no, 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 no. Two is curveball. Like, you see that all the time. So that could still happen. Um, and then what? I think a couple of years ago, they would pull out the cards. The outfielder would have their card and be like, okay, shift left or whatever. Right. It simplified it to some extent. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Everybody knows that one is fastball, two is curveball, right? <laughs> um. And then everybody knows that when you get this sign, that means that you walk them on one pitch. Right. So, yeah. So just out of curiosity, is there a player or two that have played or are currently playing that you, you don't appreciate their emotion? You think it's maybe a little over the top. Now you're welcome to let them share it, but it's a little bit over the top. Just out of curiosity. I don't think there's anyone that I think has too much emotion. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I feel like the, you know, Alonzo cracks the bat over his knee. I'm okay with that. McNeil goes crazy. But to me, that's like he's mad because he wants to play. He wants to get a, he wants to get something going. He's mad he got out. However, I think any player who then goes and throws the temper tantrum in the dugout, I think that's where it's like you're you're a little child now. Like, like don't be throwing jugs of Gatorade and slamming helmets like in the dugout, and that's a little that's a little much. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, I, I as long as people aren't getting hurt in equipment, I agree. No equipment getting hurt. No, don't be stupid with it. I mean, I don't mind if you want to run down the the base path screaming and cussing and. You know, cursing the the pitcher's great grandparents because he beat you. 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's a competitive environment, right? I mean, it's the guy supposed that's, to be a competitive environment. It's professional sports. Yeah. Like, there's only one sport, pretty sure, in all of sports where there's actually written in the rules to be polite to your opponent, and that's rugby. And that's because they beat the living you know what out of each other during the game. Oh, you didn't know that, Phil? I, I wouldn't. I would have said tennis. I would. I would have said, no, I would have said in, tennis in, too because you got to be in quiet. In the rules, in like the actual like bylines of rugby when it was first created as a sport, it was literally stated that after the after the match was over, because there's called a match, right. the visiting team is meant to have a meal with the host team, and the table should be mixed, and it should be a gentleman's meal to appreciate the actual sport and the competition you just had with each other and respect each other as athletes. All right. I guess it makes sense. That's probably why they do it, you know, all the, you know, heading at the end of the game and football, they all come on the field together. And that's the know, one thing I do like about hockey is, and, and Amber mentioned this to me one time when she was watching a game with me at the end, it was a game seven of some playoff and it got really, really heated and guys are getting thrown across boards and stuff like that. Bunch of fights. And at the end, they all come crossed and, you know, high five each other. And Amber's like, why are they doing that? They like these two guys just got into a fight. I said, it's just part of hockey. That's what you do. If you really want a really good sports book, you should read uh, Chris Knuckles Nyland's biography. Actually, no, he did. He has a biography and autobiography. Autobiography talks a lot more about it. But he literally, he was known as one of the greatest enforcers in the history of hockey. He said, a true enforcer is the nicest guy on the team and enforcers were friends. They all knew each other and they right. spoke during warmups. You know, we're going tonight. It was predetermined. And if a player was not ready to go or had an injury, it was discussed where to avoid. No one actually was meant to fully damage someone where they couldn't ever play again. When that happens, it's because someone didn't take a punch, right? Did something wrong or maybe they insulted their wife. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why they, Outlaw the chop block in football because they would purposely someone go high and break the other guy's leg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, there's a couple of players that I've watched over the years that, that I, I always appreciated the way that A-Rod played the game, except when he went to Fenway. When he went to Fenway, it was like he had this chip on his shoulder. And rightfully so. I mean, Dempster was thrown at him all the time and he and Veritech, you know, hugged each other a lot and threw a few punches and stuff like that. But uh, it just seemed like A-Rod had beef when he went to, to Fenway. Um, Carlos Gomez, that guy, great talent. But anytime that guy hit the ball out of the yard, it was like the end of the world. Everybody needed to stop and admire it. And that's fine. But you only do that 25, 27 times a season. If that's all you're going to stop and admire, then you're probably gonna be out of baseball soon, right? Um, I, but the flip side of that is I used to love Pedro Martinez's competitive spirit, right? I mean, you remember, you remember a few years ago when I think they were playing the Yankees and Jorge Posada said something to him in the dugout and Pedro pointed his head and says, "I'm gonna throw it at your head," and Jorge said, "Bring it, let's go." He said, "I'm gonna throw it at your head." Okay, let's not hurt anybody. We don't want violence, but. It's okay to show emotion. It's okay to show emotion, right? Did Jorge... It also shows that you're there for more than just a paycheck. Yeah. 
I mean, did did Pedro after he struck out three, you know, three all stars in an all star game? Did he go in the dugout and offer a prayer? No, he showed emotion. He struck out some good guys. I think he struck out five in a row or something like that. And so good for you. Show your emotion. It's good. It's good for the game. I think it's good for the game. But there are guys out there. There are guys out there, though, that that take it to the next level. And those are the guys that. Mm, right. I mean, I think I think there's also the fact like you don't you can be upset when something doesn't go your way and you can like get frustrated with yourself and show that internally. But you don't want to take away from the positive celebrations. I think every like, kid's favorite like moment is throwing the thing of Gatorade over their coach's head. Yeah. Like that's something you look forward to, right? Like that's everyone loves like those moments like on TV and everything. So you don't want to take away from the positive stuff just because you're afraid of the minor negative things that could possibly happen. That's a perfect way to say it. And what's interesting in what I, yes, because there's nothing wrong with showing emotion, but for example, if you're at a little league game, let's say, I mean, I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews, but let's say either one of you is at a little league game and your, your nephew's playing and he, he saw, um, Jose Batista, you know, chuck his bat, right? And then he tries to do the same thing, Chris. Maybe you take him aside and you give him a little, you know, uncle advice. Hey, Jose's doing it. He's made it. Maybe make it and then do it, right? There's there's a way to learn the game to get to a certain point. And the, everybody that says, oh, well, the kids are watching it. It's not good for them. Well, then parents. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is like a an age where an age of competitiveness uh, where that is acceptable. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't think Little League is it. Um, you know, debate for maybe high school, maybe, because you guys are, you know, you guys are, you know, late teens, about to be adults, you know, it's competitive. I mean, maybe then earliest, but definitely not Little League. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, just, let's be honest, like kids are playing video games where they're murdering people. So like, I, I, I mean, like, again, don't tuck your bat in a little league game. Also, I personally don't even like keep score in most little league games anymore because everyone's a winner. So I think like, we don't really worry about that. Sorry if I like hit a nerve there, but like. No, no, you didn't. That's funny. I just, yeah, that's, no, no, that's, that's, I just had this conversation with somebody that was talking about different generational things. And I'm like, no, this this guy is playing in a generation where everybody gets a trophy. You get a participation. Like, that's one, I don't oh, agree with yeah. don't get me started at all. I don't agree with it. I think it's stupid. I think it makes no sense. I think you're actually encouraging a whole generation to be lazy and have no goals whatsoever. But besides that, sure, let's give the kids a ribbon. With that yeah. being said, if you really think your child watching a baseball game and a player getting pissed off and chucking their bat is going to ruin your child's future and make them a terrible person, you might need to spend more time with them. <laughs> That's what yeah. I said. But they, they do, you know, kids are very impressionable and, and they do mimic everything. Like, yeah, I remember it's also your job as a parent to step in and go, That's fun. That's not something you can do. It's like, there's a, right. there's a whole saying of do as I say, not as I do. I'm pretty sure my parents told me that a million times my entire life. <laughs> like, yeah, you'd have to say, yeah, you'd have, you know, be 
and that's reserved for the pros. You make it to that level, like Bill said. You got to, you know, maybe make it, and then you can, you know, be, you know, be in a competitive league, and then you know you can do stuff like that. Um, I because I remember just as far as copying players, I mean, he was never anything to the Mets, but Justin Tyner when he came out. I mean, no one even knows this guy. I mean, I mean, but he wore his socks up to his knees with the the sock, and I loved him and copied that like to put on the field. So like, you know, kids are picking up on everything. So it is a tough conversation to have. Like, you know, you love, you love that how on TV and you're playing it. You want to have fun, but like, maybe not that. The guy (laughs) that's a co-founder of a fashion app emulated wearing his socks all the way up to his knees, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But I mean, to your point, Chris though, and, and both of you, right. So, so what happens, what happens if either one of you had a kid, Right. You take them to to City Field. Right. And Alonzo bases loaded two outs, eighth inning Mets are down by a run and he flies out to left field. And as he's running down to first base, he's dropping the F-bomb. OK, that's your kid's favorite player. OK, two days later, you're at a Little League game, similar situation, and your kid flies out and he's now you guys are from New York. So this is a different story. I probably should have let off with this. Two days later, your kid, your nine-year-old kid is running down to first base, dropping the F-bomb. Is there not a parental conversation that you're going to have there at some point? I mean, granted, you guys are- Did he stub his toe as he was running? No. No, no, there is. Maybe we have a conversation. There is, but but that's like the same conversation as, you know, it's legal to drink if you're 21. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, that's like, that, but that's like the kind of conversation, like, you know, don't use that language, but when you come an adult, do as you please kind of thing. Sarah would be like, don't use that language till you're at least 11. No, I would, I would just be honest. I'd be like, listen, next time, can you just say it quieter so I don't have to deal with the other moms? <laughs> but, but my point, you know, to all this, and we're, you know, we're kind of just talking around it, but my point to all this is, yes, these kids are going to see it. But there's opportunities for parents, aunts, uncles, brothers, cousins, whatever, to be able to tell them, hey, there's a certain level that you have to have respect for yourself and for the game. Look, you can look, you can take anything positive and make it a negative. I would like to look at it as the beauty of baseball is you can bring your kids to the park. You can spend a whole day there, have a wonderful time, teach them America's pastime. Well, mom and dad get to have a great day as well. That seems like a much more enjoyable conversation than worrying if like players going to do something that your kid might do at little league practice. Yeah, and and, and that's why I think it's important to yeah to have the focus as still being the game, respect for the game, and being a team sport. Because I feel like to bring you know full circle, I feel like that that's the borderline that um, I see being an issue. Like when the emotion is not in benefit of the team right like like you're not emotional because something good happened something bad happened for the team but you're emotional because you know a player didn't make the right play and you're going to show him up and get all loud and emotional because you're, you're feeling it they're emotional on the field but you know showing up your teammate or like you know yelling at a teammate that were not pulled aside in the dugout doing it out in the open for everyone to see you know that's where the emotion can start being a problem when it's not for the team yeah no, good comment. Good comment. I I very strongly remember a game on the north side of Chicago. I was watching John Lackey pitch, um, and I can't remember who they were playing. Doesn't matter. 
but his shortstop made two errors in back-to-back innings. Now, we all make mistakes, right? Um, I haven't made any this year, but I'm I'm told I'll make some. Or I want, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Sarah just rolled her eyes. <laughs> all I got to do is ask Amber what I've done wrong, and she just said, uh, okay. no, I'm teasing. The, um, oh, so I'm I, wish, right? I don't think you made any mistakes involving this podcast. How's yeah. that? There you go. But I remember John Lackey going into the dugout after that second error, that second mistake, and just ripping a shortstop. Don't do that. Right. Don't do that. The, listen, the shortstop could have said, then strike everybody out. What's your problem? They're, they're exactly. connecting with the ball. Strike everybody out. No, that, that's 100%. That's a prime example of what I mean, of like what not to do. Like that's going too far. You know, you don't want to show up your player. And I'll give you an example of just last year of something that was handled much better on the Mets. It was, you know, uh, Lindor and McNeil, there was in the tunnel, they went down there and there was a bunch of screaming and yelling and everyone wants to find out what was going on. And they're both like, Oh no. I mean, it was a, it was a silly remark that they made. They said it was a big rat. It was a New York city rat. And they're like, Oh no, it was a raccoon. It was a raccoon. We saw they wouldn't own up to what it was because that's between them. You know, it's not for the public. And it comes out, you know, months later that he was mad how he was turning the double plates. But Lindor tried to pull him aside and it was not public for the media. You know, that's the better way to do it than right in the dugout, like you said, with the other player. Correct. Tatis, um, Tatis and Machado, right, during last season. There's, there's ways to handle emotions. There's ways to – if you're emotional because you're competing and you're not happy with your performance, yes. If you're not happy with somebody else's performance, do it in private. Right. Do it in private. And when I mean private, don't even do it in the locker room. Just take them out to dinner or whatever. Go, go grab a hot dog. Say, hey, listen, I'm struggling with whatever, right? There's ways to do that. But teammates shouldn't brawl. I mean, gosh, at Shea Stadium, uh, Barry Bonds and uh, Jeff Kent went to blows in the visitor's dugout. Went to blows. That should never happen, right? Two teammates. Yeah. yeah. So. Again, luckily, luckily. in the Mets' favor, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, and luckily in baseball, it's it's – definitely less in other sports like you know unfortunately i'm a big football fan but you see like with the odell beckham stuff it's like all attention's on him right his emotions for for him getting attention and he doesn't screw my teammates he wants the f- camera on him if he you know with the whole kicking of the field net and then he kisses it it's just it's a publicity stuff like that you don't see as much in baseball thankfully but you know it definitely still happens and you know definitely some some emotions should be checked so, yeah, exactly. And there, and you use an example, Chris, of Odo Beckham, right? That's a, that's a guy that wants all the attention, period, right? And no disrespect, if he ever listens to this, I don't think he will, but if you no disrespect, but that's the guy that wants all the attention. When you have a player like that on a team sport, that's fine if you're in tennis or golf, but if you have a player like that in a team sport, that's not fine. First of all, one, it draws attention away from the team. It successes. It all goes down to what you're doing, right? Um, secondly, and more importantly, you can get people hurt, right? Because if it all comes down to you, I'm playing shortstop. Chris, you're playing second. I get a ground ball. I, you know, maybe I, I lackadaisical throw it to second to you, but you get run over by the, the base runner because I didn't turn it around. And now you're hurt, but it's because 
everything's on me, right? I, I want the, the start. Things like that happen all the time. In baseball, they happen all the time to you. Yeah, I mean, those are cancers. Those are cancers in locker rooms. You know, I mean, there's yeah. a reason why he's been on three teams since he's been in the league. And a baseball version of that is, in my opinion, I mean, Bryce Harper. I mean, the guy, his teammates mostly, I mean, I'm sure he's friendly with some of them, but they don't like him. Like, they literally, you'll see him in the dugout sitting all alone and just like, it's just like he'll hit a home run and there's like half the dugout doesn't even care. It's like, and, and that's bad for the locker room. I mean, look at, look at the, the Nationals. They win the World Series as soon as he goes. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It there's there's ways to handle emotions. I I was so excited to do this with you guys. You guys brought up a, a bunch of great points. I was so excited to do this because it's there's some passion about it, and I know both of you have passion for sports and showing being able to show emotions in sports. Lots of folks, there, especially here on the West Coast, there's an entirely different East Coast West Coast feel to to baseball, and we were talking about this on on um, a podcast a couple of nights ago, the, the predictions podcast that dropped, um, where literally Shohei Otani is pitching right now in Anaheim. If anybody else is, is pitching, people will show up in the second, leave in the sixth. Okay? And God forbid, especially in Anaheim, God forbid you're sitting next to somebody and you use language that is not Disney appropriate because somebody's going to look at you and go... I can't believe you said that, right? It's okay. Life's okay. We can get through it. We can show emotions. We can show them in a good way. Um, so, but I appreciate you guys being on and, and sharing this stuff because I I couldn't think of two better people to share this with. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate you, it. You flatter us too much. Listen, listen, I do my best. I do my best. So, top fans, we're going to do this again with, with Sarah and Chris and some others. We've talked a little bit about emotions. There's a ton more that we could talk about, but um, Chris has been a trooper and Sarah has been a trooper because right now the Mets game is on. And so you would think that these two people would have told me to go pound sand or something stronger, but they were polite and kind to you. And as Sarah's become a top fan favorite, she was excited to do this. By the way, Chris, the first interview I did with Sarah, has almost 300 downloads. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? I know they're not coming to listen to me. <laughs> so, so top fans, this is Chris. This is Sarah. They're the co-creators of a, as they say, a fashion company called QuickFit, quickfitapp.com. I will make sure that that's mentioned when we drop this podcast. Go check them out. They've got great stuff. They've got a great company. They've got a great personnel. They just if I'm not mistaken, you guys just put a couple of interns on, right? Did I not see that? Yes, we did. And they're killing it. They are killing it. I saw it in one of your stories. It was Chris or Sarah, yeah. one of your stories. Yeah. And so if you're looking for stuff, go check them out. They got a great story. They got a great website. So Sarah, thank you for being on. Of course, Chris, thank you for being on. Yes. Thank you, Bill. Keep it up. Top fans. Great. It's growing. I see it every day. Yes, we and, gotta, uh, if, if the, and right now the Mets are up five nothing. So if they keep winning, I mean, I might have to just uh, be on one every day just to keep the streak going. Chris, we're 162 and 0. Here we go. <laughs> well, just so that the both of you know, we are on pace. Now, remember, the, the podcast launched on January 1st. We've had a YouTube channel. We've had other things. But the Top Fan Podcast launched January 1st. We are on pace currently by April 30th 
to have over 10,000 downloads in our first four months. So, so should we do a live podcast and we all go to a Mets game together? I think that's what I was planning when I get out there. We're going to do some. Are you kidding me? It's We're going to do a live podcast. We're going to do it at City Field. It's going to be awesome. I think that would be awesome. Listen, I'm that- going to say now we're going to use every connection I have and try to get Howie Rose on. We're going to call him from Florida and we're going to get him on it. We're going to see if we can. We're going to, I'm, we're going to do it. I'm manifesting it now. Perfect. I love it. Well, you guys are awesome. Pop fans make comments. Uh, tell us what we missed emotions. We've got a couple speaking of emotions, uh, Chris, we're going to do a podcast. We're going to let it die down a little bit first, but I might, bring both of you back around with another three or four people or do a podcast about Trevor Bauer. Speaking of emotions. We are? Hmm? <laughs> That's going to be great. So I'm, I'm assuming that you're wanting on that, Sarah. I would love nothing more. I have so many opinions. But we're going to let that calm down until the MLB decides what they're going to do first. So anyways. Sounds good. You guys are awesome. Thank you for joining us. Please come back, Pop fans. We appreciate you. And we're going to let these guys go to, to watch the rest of their game. I mean, it sounds like it's a nail-biter if it's 5-0. 5-1. 5-1, but no, no jinxing, please. There, it's still the Mets. Go. No there jinxing. Pop fans, again, Sarah, Chris uh, from Quick Fit. You'll know all, all about it when we drop it. All right, here we go. Have a good night, guys. Bye. You too.